The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. o'clock. Appreciate you joining us. Jim and Cake from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. 8 o'clock. It's the Preston Lee at Country Financial Hour. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right. So we talked about the Avalanche losing last night. Buffs Not good. And, Buffs and Nuggets getting big wins last night. Very good. Very, very good. Broncos getting ready to wrap up the regular season on Sunday when they take on the Los Angeles Chargers, which it certainly looks like that Justin Herbert's probably not going to play in that game because the odds had gone from, let's see, at one point, if the Chargers were favored by three, and now the Broncos, last I looked yesterday, was they were favored by two and a half or whatever. That sounds right. And so that that would typically mean there's probably a significant change injury-wise or maybe somebody not playing. And Justin Herbert was full participant of practice Wednesday. So we'll see what happens, what uh, Brandon Staley does. Could we see Chase Daniel against Russell Wilson? Not exactly the matchup we were hoping for. No, but what can you do? Let's see. We got uh, Mike in Scottsdale on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, which is 970-242-1340. Don't forget they're serving your breakfast until 1030 this morning over at Rimrock. Happy Apache Friday, muchachos. Peaks and valleys. Hold our beer seriously. Sincerely, the buffs just for our uh, gal Joy. Here are the top five most dangerous occupations in our country. Construction laborer, correction officer, EMT, carpenters, and firefighters. No mom should ever want their kids to have these jobs. Serving in our military. I I get where, where she's... She's trying to speak to moms. She's trying to speak to her audience. I mean, for right. us being in this industry, I mean, that sells well with her with her viewership base. Right. But one well, once again, let's be uh, let's be careful about well, my, you know, kid should ever play. I mean, the two sports she said, kids should play tennis and golf. That's what they should play. People should only play tennis and golf. So no soccer. Well, that's right. You can get concussions in soccer. It has a high rate of concussions, actually. No basketball? Apparently no basketball. Could have a cardiac incident. You you could fall down, hit your head on the floor. Could be head trauma. Could get an elbow on the back of the head. Don't want to don't don't want that to happen. Well, let's... I mean, and so we're gonna we're gonna bubble wrap everybody? Is that what's that what we're gonna do now? Well, you you gotta think too. So if you let's say you go out and golf. And you come across, say, like an alligator or, you know, some sort of wild animal that doesn't really want you there. 
Or if you hit your ball into the pond, you're going to go get your ball and drown. Just, I mean, some of this we're getting, we're getting a little outlandish. We did yesterday as well. But, but I mean, come on. Your ex-girlfriend That's, finds your golf clubs and smashes your car window with them? Like we referenced, sadly, tragically, Alamosa's girls basketball coach in their 80, Eric Melgoza. Mm. He was on a ladder doing something on New Year's Day. He fell off the ladder. In his home. And died from that. So nobody should ever use a ladder ever again? I, if, if this was something where what happened to, to Hamlin on Monday, where we had occurrence after occurrence after occurrence of this, where this was an actual problem that was chronic, that he was the, the seventh or eighth guy in the last five years to, to have this happen to him, then you've got something, you've got some some data to work on. Chronic and directly related to, to the sport of football. That this never happens in any other sport. Right. Which is not true. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Chris Pronger, 89 Stanley Cup laughs, takes a shot to the chest, a puck to the chest. It stopped his heart. He was on one of the morning shows the other day talking about that. Mm-hmm. And so... Once again, it's we said we're going to talk about it anymore, but we're talking about it again. Okay, we lie. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> we get sucked back in. It, it's emotional because it 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 makes I, you just kind of irked that I, if someone could be so. And and look, maybe we're take to, to play devil's advocate here. Maybe we're taking joy out of context. Maybe the comment of kids should only play tennis and golf was maybe meant tongue-in-cheek or sarcastic. But yeah, the point was still there. The and, sentiment was still there. And you're telling you're telling moms out there that are watching that show, at don't let your kids play other sports. Those are only two. What about uh, you know when Federer and Nadal, one of those guys, cranks up you know, a 510-mile-an-hour you know, serve and drills somebody in the chest? That you know, stop a heart, possibly. I'm, I'm. Once again, I'm. We're going to the extreme here a little bit, but it's. I, I just, you know, golf. Somebody slices one, smacks somebody in the eye, takes an eye out. They forget to say four, and you but turn around and somebody boom. gets hit in the temple with a drive. An errant golf shot. I, I just, you know. Someone's I, I, trying to kill gophers on the course and accidentally <laughs> blows it up with dynamite no the gophers not the, the golf- gophers not the, the rodents not the golfers the gophers correct me if i'm wrong sir but if i kill all the golfers they're gonna throw me <laughs> the throw golfers me jail, throw away the key i just think that you know so so nobody should ever you know do do rodeo nobody should ever do rodeo should ever do motocross or supercross or Ride motorcycles or race cars or play hockey oh, or forget uh, racing cars, just driving cars. Yeah. I mean, have you been through <laughs> Glenwood Canyon recently? Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just saying that so you're not supposed to do any of these things anymore. You know what? Let's just all stay home, you know? And, and I mean, look, we all had to stay home during COVID and that was one that was something entirely different. But, like, with how scary the world is now, let's never get on planes again. Let's never, you know, walk outside. Let's never talk to anybody again. Yeah, like I said, should you have a a thoughtful approach to whether your kid plays football or not? 
Sure. It's, and, but and, the same. But same with hockey or any sport where there's contact, where where you're concerned about safety of your child, and that's where knowing the organization, how they approach it in terms of how they coach your kid, and 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 the, the equipment, and, and and if you don't know anything about the sport, learning something about it, talking to the people there, like we have Jackson Wilson on a little bit, River City Sportplex, learning something about how they coach your kid, how they approach it, Grand Valley Youth Football. With with Will and the folks over there, of of what what do they, you know what do they do in terms of their coaches knowing about because coaches have to know about dealing with concussions, identifying concussions, the test you have to take, you have to to know this stuff. You know, is the follow through there? You want to feel like it will be, needs to be, absolutely has to be for the safety of young athletes, right? And I just think that there's you know we have this overreaction of no kid should ever, ever play football ever again. Now, like I've said, do I think more, most kids should probably play maybe 6th, 7th, 8th grade? Probably. My, my son didn't play till later. I didn't play until I was in 6th grade. Right. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, and I, I don't know if younger kids playing, if that's the best thing. I, I don't know. I'm not going to criticize parents if they have their kids that are 7, 8 years old playing football. I'm not going to, you're making that decision your child wants to play, that's a decision you make, and I'm fine with that. That's your kid. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know condemn anybody for having their kid play super junior football or whatever. Your kid wants to play, you feel comfortable with them playing. I I, I have no bones to pick with that. I, I just think when you have something like this that happened that is extraordinary, rare, and an outlier from Monday night and, and Hamlin, it should not be this blanket. Nobody should ever play football ever again. Oh, look at that. Look at that horrible thing that happened. What I think is kind of fascinating it is kind of related to that. The fact that it is such an outlier and the fact, I mean, I have, for as long as I have been watching football, college, NFL, high school, I've never seen that. The only time I truly remember coming close to seeing something like that was when I was doing PA announcing for CMU lacrosse Mesa was up like 50 to four or something another against, sport you could get hurt against Johnson and Wales a school that now no longer has a lacrosse program because they were historically bad very bad and you know it got to a point where I think it was Mesa's goalie or somebody's some one of the players got pile drived got hurt they had to call for medical assistance call an ambulance and they got him off the field and and at that point they were like we're calling this game because there's they can't make a comeback there's like maybe th- there were like three or four minutes left in the in the fourth quarter anyway so it wasn't it really wouldn't have mattered they were like all right this game's over Mesa's won and at that point it was a situation where at halftime it was already a big blowout and they were like, do you want to maybe do, like, running clock? Do you want to go shorter minutes? And they're like, no, we're going to play a full game. I was like, okay. All right. And then, <laughs> you, wanna do. you know, actions meet consequences. It's – I'm not well, saying that's – I'm not saying that the player getting hurt was a, you know – Right. It, it was a consequence of the moment of him getting pile-drived, but – the decision to go a full game wasn't necessarily directly responsible. It kind of was, but 
Didn't or help. It didn't help, and and moreover to the point, it's you know if if you're concerned about you know you need your guys to get minutes, you need your guys to play a full game, they need to learn whatever. Like what do you, at that point you're like, what are you learning from this? What are you learning? Getting blown out fifty goals to whatever, and yeah, what's know. what's the point of it? Um, but you know, but so that what I was saying, kind of wheeling back, sure. That's the only time I've ever seen something even remotely close to what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And because it's so rare, that's when you are almost primed for overreaction because it's so traumatic. Because it's so like, oh my God, we've never seen this before. How could this have ever happened? Because he didn't put the thumb up and show that he was okay. And because he wasn't okay, because it was a near-fatal cardiac situation event, yeah. event at that moment and, and, and that and that scared people and, and and understandably so but but it's not like that that is something that's out of the order the hank gather situation where he stopped taking some of his heart medication because he didn't like the way it made him feel he died at the foul line yeah in, in a horrible moment i remember i remember watching that happen and just it was it was in some ways similar to what we saw at demar hamlin the other night but I, I just, you know, it's I, I got a got a text, somebody I respect immensely in their opinion about gymnastics and uh, cheerleading. Oh my should, god! Should should we should probably not have kids do that? Way too dangerous. Shouldn't have kids do that, right? If you're if you're subscribed to the Joy Behar philosophy of things, those two sports are extremely dangerous. Some would say more so. <laughs> And so, I, I just, let's not take what happened to DeMar Hamlin and turn it into this, everything's now too dangerous. Everything's, football's too dangerous. Because then everything, in reality, is actually, there is some element of risk to it. When you want to re- get right down to it. Speaking of DeMar Hamlin, by the way, thank goodness he is doing quite a bit better. Substantial improvement was what the words that uh, his uh, doctors used, uh, they doctors at uh, UC Health Cincinnati had a press conference and uh, Hamlin's able to communicate by shaking his head, nodding or writing brief notes. Dr. Timothy Pritz, part of uh, his medical team, Pritz said that when Hamlin came out of sedation, uh, Hamlin's mind, he was still thinking about Monday night. Right. Because <laughs> what he wrote was who won? Did we win? Yeah. <laughs> he wrote that on the clipboard. And so I guess what they told Hamlin was, you won because you're still here with us. You won the game of life. Um, we have, we actually have an even even better update. Okay, uh, something fresh? Something fresh, and this is courtesy, and uh, I'll credit both NFL Network, as I see it on the screen over here, but also Dalton for sending in a uh, text about this. The breathing tube is out. Damar Hamlin has begun talking to his teammates again via FaceTime. Uh, he had the breathing tube through his body, through in his uh, throat since Monday. He no longer needs it. He can fully breathe on his own. So good. So good to hear that. Thank you, Dalton, for the update, by the way, on that. That is that is about as good a news as you can get for a situation like this. Absolutely. Got one more text, one from Dustin. There's one thing that Higgins could have done to avoid the situation. That was to drop the pass. <laughs> he's tongue in cheek. I mean, he's being sarcastic there about it. Yeah, right. it's like what? What else is 
T. Higgins supposed to do? Yeah, I should catch that ball because who knows what's going to happen if I catch that ball. All right, let's get to uh, Broncos taking on the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, noon pregame, 225 kickoff, season finale for the Broncos. And, uh, of course, uh, throughout the season we've had Mike Rice from 850 KOA mm. who's uh, – Get you ready every Sunday or Thursday or Monday when the Broncos play with countdown to kick on kickoff and also Broncos react. Uh, here's Mike uh, on what he expects to see with the Broncos and Chargers on Sunday. Just find a way to win the game. It doesn't mean anything in terms of the changes that will or won't be made. That die has been cast. They're going to make wholesale changes. But as an organization, close out with a smile. We got that win. Now let's just bounce into the offseason and really roll up our sleeves and get to work. All right, and speaking of the offseason, could involve the hiring of Jim Harbaugh, who now, we'll get to this in a moment, facing some NCAA violations at Michigan. So Mm. that may change the mind of Jim Harbaugh if he's even thinking about staying in Michigan. Here's uh, Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke, who covers the Broncos very, very closely. He's always with us uh, Wednesdays on the program. Here's Cody on the hiring of Jim Harbaugh, the potential hiring of Coach Khaki Pants. Money talks, and the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group is willing to throw whatever it takes at a guy like Jim Harbaugh. His goal was to always bring a national championship back to Ann Arbor, but unfortunately that has not happened. So I think that he could be ready to make the jump back. All right, so certainly tops the list for Broncos coaching candidates right now. Cody also on on the importance of finishing the season strong for the Broncos. I mean, how nice would it be to be able to go up against a playoff team just from an optics standpoint? Come out, leave it all out there on the field, try to go off into the offseason with a big-time win. All right, so there's Cody Rourke on you know some momentum heading into next season, which, which would be a good thing regardless who ends up being the coach of this football team because Russ could use a confidence boost. Right. This football team, because there will be guys, plenty of guys coming back next year that could use some kind of positive finish to the season to build on for 2023. So Michigan, by the way, has received its notice of allegations from the NCAA outlying potential rules, outlying potential rules violation, or outlining, excuse me, rules violations involving the football program. Mm -hmm. Michigan faces four level two violations and one level one violation. The level one violation, which is considered the most serious by the NCAA, is limiting his Harbaugh for providing false or misleading information. The NCAA found that he failed to cooperate with investigators related to a level two violation regarding contact with two prospects during the COVID-19 dead period. The violation included impermissible contact made during the COVID-19 dead period, as well as a self-reported violation for improper use of an analyst for on-field instruction. These violations are considered minor infractions. Hmm. So, this could be why Harbaugh, why there's reports out there that he will take an NFL job. Because he wants to get out of Dodge before... Exactly. Before the NCAA and their cronies come after him. So, uh, interesting. I don't know if we have too much time to go in indie but i i came up with my sort of my own list of who i think the broncos should at least interview okay so harbaugh is obviously i think at top of most people's list i'm not really in the sean payton thing because the trade capital and just i don't know i'm not sold on i think it's a reach it's very much a reach um and i know that he's 
actively involved in a lawsuit against the team and the NFL. But maybe bygones can be bygones, and the team could interview Brian Flores. Who's with the Steelers right now and their coaching staff. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's going to make some people shy away. It probably will, and, and that's fair. Um, guys that have previous head coaching experience, and it is a little bit of a retread, but at least they have head coaching experience. Leslie Frazier. Yeah, Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator. Raheem Morris. Uh, Rams. Um, and then some guys, and look, uh, Steve Wilkes, the guy, current Panthers interim head coach, right. he's he's guided the Panthers as best he can with everything that's been going on. Rich Bisaccia, who I thought absent, you know, a couple of things with the Davis family, would have probably been a better choice for a head coach for the Raiders than old uh, Little Hoodie. And then there's some guys that have never been a head coach, and I think generally. Don't, I don't want one of those guys. I'm sorry. I, I know. Just, unless you're gonna, the only the only caveat would be has to have a very experienced staff, right, around him. And that I think more than anything was part of the issue that, you know, outside of Ejiro uh, Evero, there was not a lot of experience on this Bronco staff that Hackett had around him, and it showed. Well, even Evero had not been a coordinator. I mean, it, it was. I mean, Butch Berry had coached line in San Francisco. Out and he coached tight ends. I mean, they were all guys that had been position coaches. Right. They had not been coordinators. And so... It just that, so happened that Averro kind of lucked out. And Ajiro and Averro's done a really nice job there. And so we'll, we'll see. Because I know his name will be in the mix. I don't know how strongly it's gonna be, he's going to be considered despite the success in Denver because right. of not having the experience being a head coach. Uh, let's see, Dalton asked, or Dylan asked us, what are we looking for in the final game of the season? I- I'm looking for more of what I saw on Sunday. A- yeah. An offense that right now kind of tailors itself to what Russ does well, taking some vertical shots, but running the football. A commitment to running the football. Please. And still the, you're working on reducing penalties, which the Broncos have been the most penalized team in the league. If they can... Defensively, they're fine. I, I don't. I don't have anything that I. I hopefully, get a pass rush because that's disappeared. Broncos right. do not have a pass rush right now, and and it'd be nice to see see them get something going with a pass rush, and continue what they did at Kansas City in terms of running the football, staying in manageable third downs, having some success in the red zone. That's kind of what I'm looking for. L.A. is ninth in rush defense. And looks like they're about ninth as well in in pass defense. So they're a good defense. They're they're going to be a tough challenge. But also, if what we've read so far with regards to Herbert, I wouldn't be surprised if they also go in that direction to sit Bosa. You know, if they if they decide to kind of rest some of their starters, that hopefully gives you maybe more of a fair fight. We'll see. All right, also today the owner is supposed to vote on how they're going to approach the playoffs because we now know that uh, there will be no Bills-Bengals game that will not be made up. And so they're going to have to try to decide today how they're going to approach the playoffs. Playoff seating is determined by winning percentages, and that, according to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, that includes the cancellation of a game, whether it's any juncture in the season. And so with that game canceled, 
The league previously had a specific rule that applies to cancellation of games. NFL, they're now proposing to ownership an impromptu change to the rules. And that's why 24 owners must approve the adjustment to the applicable protocol during the season. Bengals, obviously one of the teams that will be affected by this, will vote on it today. And they've emphasized this point that uh, VP Katie Blackburn, in a memo that uh, ESPN.com picked up, the proper process for making the rule changes in the offseason. It is not appropriate to put teams in a position to vote for something that may introduce bias, favor one team or another, or impact their own situation when the vote takes place immediately before the playoffs. It's unusual to have a game canceled. Hasn't happened since the non-strike year, first non-strike year since, well, this is it, it hasn't happened any non-strike year, I should say, since 1935. Whether it's whether, you know, the, the prevented the game from being played, illness, injury, whatever, that the league already determined the approach it will apply. And so the point I think that he's making here with this is why are they voting on some change today when there's already in place a, a protocol, a rule that deals with this? Right. Ah, wow. Then then you go with what, what it says, which is playoff seating is determined by winning percentages, and that's that's how you roll. And we'll get into this a little bit more in detail later on, but it just to me it's you this is why you have rules. This is why you have these things in place for moments like this. And now they're looking to try to to change the rule, even though there's precedent involved. And when a game is canceled in the season, how you approach it. We'll see how it all works out. All right, 826. We'll talk more about it later on. Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's time for Where in the World is Tyler Franson. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's not hide forever. I will find you. Chance to win beer today, case of fat tire from our friends at High Country Beverage and uh, some new Belgian brews. Must be 21 or older. First correct answer on the Chick-fil-A team text line, 970-242-1340. And if you won the last two weeks, please send it out. We're headed east to this college basketball arena to just mellow out a bit. This place shares the name of the Stephen King novel, kind of. Although its naming rights partner would have you think otherwise, you're probably not going to get great reception, seeing as it's a giant building with the largest seating capacity in Division One. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? All right, so get a case of fat tire today. Yes. From New Belgium Brewery and High Country Beverage. All right, first correct answer wins today. If you won the last two weeks, sit it out. Text in your answer, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line 970-242-1340. And we'll take a break. We'll talk uh, some hockey with River City Sportplex Jackson Wilson. That's next on The Jim Davis Show. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Welcome back, 830. I like a little funky fresh stuff there. That's good. I like that. Thank you. Good. Snowing right now. Is drive, it? drive carefully. Okay, not like it's snowing like we live in Buffalo, New York, or anything. No, but it's uh, a little snow going on here in the valley. So keep that in mind. 
All right, uh, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex with us. Good morning, Jackson. Morning. So, yeah, the three-on-three last weekend. Oh, I yeah. understand that uh, your team ran out of gas. Oh, yeah, we did. Too many adult beverages. <laughs> A little bit of uh, age on your side against the, the youth from uh, that came into town. Yeah. I kind of caught up with you on this one. We had a we have a team that always comes into town for this three on three tournament, uh, the New Year's Selly Classic, right over New Year's, and they're now back to back champions. Oh. Young twenty year olds from Glenwood, man. Yeah, I know. that's funny. Yeah, I know. No, they were quick. They played good. It was great, great time. Well, pond hockey style kind of tournament. Uh, you know, touch up at the blue line, kind of like uh, some touch up basketball at the three point yeah. line. Yeah, half court. Yep. So super fun. We really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Thought I put together a good squad. It was a great squad. It was a great squad. We uh finished great. second though, right? Uh, no, no, yeah, no. We did. You did, but just not. You know, it was championship or bust mentality. I say. So and you know, it was a team had, built to win. It was. It was, it was. I built it. It was copper bust. And obviously, you know, yeah, yeah, we had some squeaky wheels. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to evaluate. You know, the, the off season. <laughs> Look at next year. You know, yeah. see where where the, where the you know the the, the cracks guess, in your in your lineup were. I guess the annual uh, beer chugging competition to see who makes the roster needs to improve next year. Maybe you want to do that maybe a couple days before, not the day, <laughs> not the day, not the day, not the morning of. Maybe that would be a, a that's good a wise idea. move, Jim. I, I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, just saying it might be. Hey, Mansfield, fuck, I'm out of it. That maybe that's not the best way to go out there. No, probably not. No, it was fun, though. We, we enjoyed it. We had a great time. I mean, it was basically 10 hours at the rink, kind of everyone hanging out, enjoying themselves. And, yeah, it was fun, man. It was a good time. All the guys had, had a great time, so super fun. So uh, what's it look like in terms of your, your youth hockey programs right now? What's uh, now that we're coming out of the holiday break? Yep, coming out of the holiday break, we just started practices back up. We have uh, some home games for 11- and 12-year-olds this weekend at River City Sportplex. Um, I'll be traveling to Glenwood tomorrow morning for our 14U team and then to steamboat for our tenue team so they're all spread out all over the place playing around having some fun developing um you know we're still adding a couple more players through the midpoint of the year kids that have done learn to play uh the past few months that have kind of come up and are now able to participate with the river hawks which is our youth hockey uh, club um they're super excited to be able to do that so the numbers are keep growing and we still have uh, about 24 kids in our learn to play program so i mean it's, it's just going on uh, uh, we're going to keep moving, and then I'll, um, I'll obviously come in here and talk. We're going to try, and we're walking down a date for another try hockey for free, girls only. Um, so that way we can try and keep continuing to grow our girls program. We just uh, confirmed that we're going to have a women's only team in one of our adult oh, leagues. Yeah, so we're going to have a women's only team in our C League. Um, they're super excited about that. And, you know, I just, it's always fun being able to, uh, hockey's a co-ed sport. And, you know, it's always fun to try and drive up uh, the women and girl participation. So we're super excited that um, a lot of it is, is starting to come to fruition now that we're, that we're about a year and a half into our, uh, into our plan here. And so, obviously, if somebody's interested, they can contact you. Go to rivercitysportplex.com, get details there. Uh, what about curling? What's in cur- you know, as far as curling right now, I know we've had Barb in here previously talking about it, but uh, uh, still a chance for people to get involved and, and do curling? Yep, yep, yeah. So, uh, so Deb runs Deb runs all of our curling. Um, she's awesome, right? So, she shot me an email too that I'm gonna pull up. She sent me information. She's so smart. Um, I know. So, so we're doing a learn to curl this Sunday the eighth and okay. next Sunday the fifteenth. 
Um, and then our league is starting on January 22nd. And we have uh, spots open for all three days. So this the 8th and the uh, 15th, I think I said, if you're interested in curling or you want to do learn to curl, it's free, I believe. Um, you come down to River City Sportplex. We have all of the curling stones down there. Um, Deb Manger, who runs our curling, is awesome. She'll be down there to help people um, and stay safe and, like, on the ice and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's super fun. It's great. So we actually just did a um, adult league draft for one of the leagues. We did a draft for the guys trying to even the league out, and uh, we curled uh, for the first, second, third, and fourth pick. We had the, we That's had the, pretty cool. Yeah, we had the captains, uh, you know, see how close to the bullet, bullseye they could get. We didn't have them be able to bump each other out. Um, just see how close they could get. As closest you know. to the pin. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like closest to the pin to see to see who drafts uh, drafted first. So curling's awesome. It's super fun. Um, you know, I, I recommend anyone anyone to go do it. And you know, it's uh, it's the winter. You know, it's the winter cornhole. You know, it's kind. Of, you yeah, know, the, yeah. So a it's big giant sheet of ice. Correct. So and so learn to curl is this Sunday. What was the time again on the that? eighth? I'm not sure. Uh, let me check the time here. But um, I know it's this eighth. I want to say in the evening. I want to say I want to say about five thirty. Okay, but probably information's at your website. Information's too. on the website under curling on the website at rivercitysportplex.com. Um, it's it's in the evening. It's early evening. I want to say because it's after uh, some of our youth program and then before um, one of our adult hockey leagues. So about five thirty, I think to seven, um, five to seven maybe is is what okay. it is. And uh, but yeah, super fun. I mean, pe- people really enjoy it. Um. Dave Ash, uh, one is the one of the guys that uh, helps us at, down at the rink a lot. Actually, just made the cover of a nationally recognized kind of like uh, rink magazine. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, and so we had we had about a two three page um, article in there about uh, Grand Junction curling specifically, um, and and with him on the cover of the magazine for for one of their uh, I, I can't if it was monthly or quarterly edition so super cool so you know it's growing you know stuff is kind of coming in and going out uh with it too so we're su- we're super excited about it and you know keep it going jackson wilson river city sportplex with us on the team sports network uh before we talk a little abs so i want to get back to youth hockey because youth sports with what happened to Mar hamlin with the Bengals coming up you know that happened on monday night and uh the news continues to improve uh, for demar hamlin and his recovery that it's led to some people we, we've referenced joy behar in the view about you know football's too dangerous for kids to play kids should play tennis and golf and that's probably all all anybody should ever play and so it's led to this bigger conversation about you know people having their kids play youth football and and look i i think anybody that that has a child male or female and you're going to have them play a sport you need to learn about it. You need to talk with the people that are involved with coaching your kid in that sport. And and certainly I think when you, when you talk about hockey, it's it's there with football in terms of people being concerned about the, the safety of their kids. Address that, if you will, because I think with, with your program I and mean, you guys, and, and like the guys at you know Grand Valley Youth Football, go out of their way to make sure coaches are trained, know about concussions, know, you know teach the, the, the right techniques, the equipment is outstanding and that just you know that, that the way you approach it provides a safe environment for kids to play a sport that maybe they've fallen in love with yeah um definitely definitely what happened to tomar to hamill was tough you know like and, and it's super awesome to see that you know he has his breathing tube out he's able to facetime guys um 
You know, I was reading up T. Higgins. I, I don't know if T. Higgins has left the hospital yet. Supposedly T. Higgins was there for like three straight days. Yeah. And in the hospital, he just felt so guilty for it, which, you know, it's, that's not his fault. No, it's not. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bananas. <laughs> and, um, you know, it really get, makes you take a step back and kind of look at the, the whole picture. So, you know, with hockey specifically, you know, all the, all the kids are pretty, I call it bubble wrapped pretty well with equipment. Um, you know, as, as far as everything goes and they have net guards and stuff and, you know, the, the skates and the potential for lacerations and cuts obviously has increased. Um, and we've seen cuts and stuff happen all the time. And, you know, it's, I, I, I try to break stuff down, right? You want to compartmentalize it. And I go back to, okay, like, well, well what is sports? Sports competition, right? And, you know, and if you look back even, you know, a hundred years ago, how brutal, you know, sports oh, competition absolutely. was too, right? And, and how much it's improved. There's always going to be contact and there's always going to be risk with injuries or things happening when people are competing, especially youth kids who are trying to compete at their best level while staying in control. Um, and, and, and it's super difficult. Um, as far as, you know, people saying, you know, some of these sports are too dangerous. I mean, it, it, part, part of, uh, it, it, it's contact sports. There's always going to be contact sports. I don't think we're going to get <clears throat> to a place in society where we don't have contact sports anymore. Um, you know, you know, football is one thing, football stuff. You, you, you have to down a guy in football like rugby right. and, and, you know, some other sports and, you know, with hockey, fortunately, we don't have to necessarily down someone. We still play a contact game. Once the kids turn 13, they're allowed to have body checking and hit. Um, but, you know, we don't necessarily have to, to down a guy. Um, so we're able to teach, you know, different techniques to be able to separate the player from the puck um, without causing, um, you know, risky technique to, to do that or where, where, where kids might get hurt. Freak accidents happen all the time. Yeah. And that DeMar Hamlin thing is a freak accident. You know, it T, is definitely an outlier. It's out of the norm. T Higgins was, you know, the <clears throat> offensive player protecting himself, puts his shoulder into DeMar's chest, and at the perfect time, DeMar's heart beat, and, you know, that, that force obviously caused um, a major issue within, within his body. I, um, I mean, I've had practices, you know, when I was, I think I was about 23, 24 years old. I had a kid, nine years old. He skates across the middle, tall kid, collides with the younger kid. They're both not looking. The younger kid's helmet clips the tall kid in the chin. The kid's out before he even touches the right. ice, right? We had to call, we have to call 911. I alerted him awake, you know, he was, he ended up being just fine, but you know, things happen and, um, I can't. You're always going to have people that are going to shy away and be like, that's too dangerous for my kid. That's too dangerous for my kid. You know and what? that's a choice. If you make that choice, choice. That, that, that's fine. But yep. then don't criticize people who <laughs> decide that their, their child wants to play. Parents make that decision. And, and you criticize, well, how dare you put your child in that kind of danger? I mean, that's, uh, to me, that's, that's dude, I got, ridiculous. You, I got wild, wild <laughs> kids running around the rink all the time. Like, they're nuts. Like, and, and they, they, right. they, they're, they're want, kids. They want to play contact sports. Like, it, you know, <clears throat> it's just so tough because you never want to see a kid get hurt. You never want to see an adult get hurt or anything like that. But, you know, every everyone's pretty aware of the risk that you're accepting when you're playing some of these sports. And, 
you you just can you continue forward and you do the things you can to minimize you know uh, risk and what can happen. You you know you teach your kids technique. You make sure they have right. good coaches, right? Make sure the coaches are trained up. You know, and that's why I love hockey. <clears throat> we're able we're able to do that. We're able to train our coaches up very well, um, and and we're lucky to have that support system from USA Hockey and Safe Sport to do all that. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's just it, it's banana land, and it nothing's ever gonna be perfect. No kid's ever not gonna get hurt again. But also, we're all humans, and you know, even even with the like, I mean, there's still fighting in the world, right? There's yeah. there's still there's still all this, you know, and and the people that don't want to believe it, like I'm sorry, there is, and you know, contact sports are just one way to help kind of like keep kids and you know adults still competitive, where like you know they aren't necessarily afraid to mix it up or get into contact with people so i don't know it's a weird balance you know you, yeah. have, you have to try and find the center of the spectrum kind of on this deal and um but yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy it's uh it's pretty crazy well you guys do a, a fantastic job i think the youth programs here do a fantastic job of coaching kids protecting kids making it safe and an enjoyable experience uh let's talk about the avalanche which that's not been an enjoyable experience as a fan no. they've now lost five straight they had a uh, 2 nothing lead last night in Vancouver, and Vancouver's had their problems. They've had yep. some internal fighting and things like that going on. Uh, Sammy Gerrard, Miko Rantan with goals last night, but then Colorado had that stretch where Cagliano gets, argues with an official, gets the 10-minute, he's gone. The Vancouver, like I said, they've been really struggling. They come back and, and get a couple of quick goals. Uh, Georgiev slams his stick on yep. the ice. Makar... Uh, and, and Taves don't have exactly a, a, a great night last night uh, as far as their defensive pairing, which is rare. A couple of the, yep. the very best, particularly Kale McCarr, defenseman in the league. Just a, another rough night for the Avalanche that you just get a feeling once they get everybody back, they're going to be okay. But right now, it's it just seems like it's tough with with you know the, the fact that they don't have Landeskog, Nachushkin, Bowen Byram. They're, they're guys that are still out right now. No, I agree. And and looking at some of their issues now, it looks like frustration is starting to boil up a little bit. Um, and, and I think it's a it's a type of frustration they haven't faced in a few seasons because they've been so dominant in the regular season the past two years, uh, maybe three years. And um, you know, it not having your captain in the lineup, like Lane Landy's an amazing hockey player, but it's not having him in the room. And hockey's a sport where you need that leader, like leading you into battle. Right. Right. Like it. Like and when Landy's not in there, just you know, going out for a shift, just burying defensemen into the glass or setting the tone, setting both the tone. physically and verbally. Hundred percent. You know, like it's just it's a different team, and, and and you can tell. And and it's not that they lack in skill; it's that they just that they need to be able to sustain their execution while some guys are injured and and it's harder to execute when your resources are limited without your leader there kind of helping call those shots inside the room you know bednar is great but i see it all the time the coaches need a bumper especially in professional sports you know because you can go to your captain like hey man you really need to go over there you need to get jt going like you need to go you need to get him going. like let's go like you know he's got he's got a little push a little little nudge and you know, and they have guys in there that can do it. But I mean, um, there's a reason Landis Cog was given the C at 19 years old. Like, I, like he's he's just a very good, naturally born professional leader. So, you know, when he comes back, I think it'll help. And it's not, you know, he's he's around the room and stuff, but just not, you know, being on the ice. I think, um, 
leading by example as well. Um, it is tough for him. And yeah, and then Dejoriev, yeah, he got mad, slams his stick, you know, gets super frustrated. Um, young goaltender too, you know. I I just think that uh, you know, the the boys are in a, in, a, in a rough spot right here, and, and it's gonna take uh, a little bit of a shake to get him to get him going. And I I'm interested to see what Chris uh, McFarland and Sackett might do. I mean, they, there's it seems like there's a move right around the corner, but you know, maybe maybe not. I don't know. They just they they got to get it figured out. They need they need a little juice. They, yeah. need, they need a little juice. They need a little something to get them going, um, you know, and then I think that they'll be able to kind of shake it off. So they're they're out of the playoffs currently right? within points. Um, they're still in it if you do points percentage. So they've played 37 games, and they're, I think, two points below maybe like Calgary, who's played off uh, fifth, 39. So they're two points. Calgary's played two more, and they have, you know, one win. So – they're right there, but yeah, I mean, just not what you expect from from an Avalanche team that just won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, we had Connor McGahee on. He joins us every Wednesday, calls the Avs games, and, and he feels like we kind of talked about this idea that that with the trade deadline's March third, but the Avs with getting guys back, it's almost a little bit like getting a pre-trade bump, if you will. You get sure. Landeskog back, Nachushkin back, Bowen Byram back. That yeah, do they will they still make a deal coming up? Yeah, it's, that's entirely possible. <laughs> and probably have to, but hopefully getting some guys back and getting them back soon. I just, you know, are they, you know, is it a situation where they're going to, you know, they're going to be the, the number one team in the West? Probably not. I mean, the way things are right now, nope. but this team, once you get them healthy and they're trending the right direction, you know, as the, as the Stanley cup playoffs roll around, still a very, very dangerous hockey team. I mean, they still got 47 out of, 82 games it's still a lot of season a lot left. of hockey left right and that's the thing about nhl and hockey hockey season is just so long like you know it, it's it's kind of baseball like it just all of a sudden you're like holy smokes it's been eight eight months yeah you know so so the regular season goes all the way into april um you know so still a lot of hockey left for these guys and and, and it'll be exciting to see what they can do um you know with with all these guys coming back and see if they can get a second line centerman you know to kind of fill in what they missed with Kadri being out and everything like that so no it's super exciting though uh yeah they definitely got to help uh Jajoriev out a little bit uh, all right there yeah hopefully get some some things turned around here all right so we're gonna have uh take a break come back we'll have four down territory you want to stick around for that oh sure okay very good by the way eight o'clock hour it's brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial who believes in building relationships supporting the community and serving others have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. We'll take a break, and coming up next, we'll get into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction, 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back, Jim Cake and Jackson Wilson from River City Sportplex. Now, before we get into four down territory, you put a list together. I did. Of because Kale McCarr has never been in a fight. No, we were talking about this last last week. Yeah. Right, and so you've compiled a list of people Kale McCarr might in the NHL and out of the NHL. Yeah, a couple that he could fight. couple out of the NHL. That, that, that you think with. you know Kale would have a you know be a very competitive spirited showdown so we'll get we'll get through it kind of quick i know we're a little tight so you know you got your connor mcdavid you right. can fight superstar fight matchup right there yeah. McDi- mcdavid doesn't fight either so it'd be good 
Sidney Crosby. Yeah. I don't know. Crosby's kind of tough, though. He can, yeah, I don't I think, know. yeah. He's whining. You know, Kale could shut him up. I don't know. It'd just be one good punch, but that, but to let Crosby hang around, I think yep. it could be a problem. Pat, uh, Patrick Kane. Yeah. You know, okay. And then these three, I think, uh, Avs fans are going to like. He could beat up on uh, Tyson Berry. <laughs> Former Avs. I think that'd be a good fight. You know, Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Be, yep. I, it, you could, you know. I think, out of town. I think Avs fans want to see that one. Yeah. And the one he probably wouldn't win, but would be, you know, sizable matchup is Kadri. Is Nazim Connor? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about yeah, that one for Kale. I don't know about that one for Kale. All right, Cake, you ready? These are the fun ones. All right. All right. He can fight Ronda Rousey. <laughs> no, this is on skates, right? Because I yeah, I think off skates. Eh, I don't know. About off it. skates, Ronda's probably pretty tough. I, uh, I would. I would not. Uh, just a scope. Kale. I would make Kale the favorite in that one if they're you know on on the ground. I think you'll like the next two, Cake. All right, Steph Curry. Okay. He could beat up on Steph Curry. Probably. Golf and, or mini golf, though, Steph would, would have his number. Absolutely. And then the last one, someone I'd really want to see him just punch right in the nose, Antonio Brown. I'd yeah. be down with that. I'd, yeah. be, I'd be totally I think, down with I that. Think, I think Kale should just pop him right in the jaw. <laughs> I'd want Kale to win all those, but yeah. they're ones I just, yeah. I so there's, there's, there's my little list. There's, there's my little list. Good guys, job. You did some homework. That's guys, good. Guys, he that. could fight, and then he gets. <laughs> and, and have a shot at winning probably maybe half of those. I honestly agree, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's Very got a good. lot of fight in him. All right, we'll send that to Altitude. Oh, see if geez. we can make that during the summer like a, a pay-per-view event. Oh, that'd be great. All right, let's quickly get into... We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, uh, former Bronco Cleveland Browns star running back Peyton Hillis in intensive care after being involved in a swimming pool accident that uh, happened in Pensacola, Florida, that he uh, dove into the pool to save his kids and is now in intensive care. Man. Second down. Keep it on the Browns. Um, hopefully a quick recovery for Peyton Hillis. Yes. Jadavion Clowney said that, I just feel like I need to be around somebody that believes in me and my ability. If I can't just be, can't be me believing in myself, I believe in myself more than anybody. Feels like the Browns did not have his back. Well, the Browns, he's now free. He's a free agent anyway, or would have been a free agent. Uh, I got an update on this. Half hour ago, they sent him home from yep. practice today. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. They, they, Mike Garofolo, NFL Network, said the Browns have sent Clowney home. Oy. Send him home. Bye. Send him home. Holy smokes. I'm going home. <laughs> Don't right. you want to go home? Third down. After last night's Nuggets win, social media was quick to bring back this Marcus Morris quote. After the Nuggets beat the Clippers in 2020, Morris saying, if we weren't in the bubble, we'd beat the bleep out of them. How'd that work out there for you, champ? I uh, lost by 31 last night. Fourth down, not only... Sorry, sport. Fourth down, not only did the Nuggets destroy on the court last night, they also dominated the social media game thanks to Bones Highland. The photo of him laying on the ground, looking up with his head with a rather shocked look on his face has been fodder for memes, jokes, and excellent social media content. It is quite good. If you get a chance to just scroll through today, it's pretty good all right so there you go four down territory that's, that's four down territory uh very quickly we have a winner today for where in the world is tyler francis yes, we, we have announced that just yet and now ladies and gentlemen the winner of the contest it's another winner on the team sports network congratulations goes out to steve correctly identifying 
the JMA Wireless Dome, a.k.a. the Dome, a.k.a. the Carrier Dome at Syracuse University. All right, very good.